Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to the Cyclone Fanatic podcast. Never mind, it's not welcome back. Welcome into another edition of the Cyclone Fanatic podcast. It's part two of the Football and Random Things Spring Football Series. Uh, as always, presented by our friends at A-Plus Lawn and Landscape. Hello, Jeff Woody. You want to talk about some defense? Yeah. Uh, I just want to want really quickly, just because I feel like the listenership would enjoy it. Uh, give myself a pat on the back. That's really, that's the thing I want to do is just, I wanted to compliment myself. Uh, so my wife and I went on a cruise a little bit ago and on the ship, they had a trivia competition and, uh, out of a hundred different participants who was a little team that you had to get on. And, uh, the proudest moment of my adult life since college is winning a trivia competition on a cruise ship. But for, for those that have any doubt or question as to does he, are these random tangents going anywhere? Usually they are. And I'm trying to access some stupid bit of random knowledge that doesn't matter. So I wanted to just, for the, for the record, put it out there to this audience that I am proud that I know a bunch of random crap formally now, not just informally, that I formally know a bunch of random crap. Dude, one of my favorite things is when people, I think I told you this story. Uh, I don't think I've told it on a podcast though, is like when people come up to me and tell me how much they enjoy the podcast, uh, whether it's the one I do with you or the one I do with Scott. But every time that someone tells me how much they enjoy it, they say, I enjoy the podcast with Jeff Woody or the one with Scott Christopherson or it's Jeff Woody's <laughs> podcast or Scott Christopherson's podcast. And there was a time where I think uh, we were in Kansas city and a shout out to this lady, uh, her and a couple of her friends were sitting with us and hanging out at this bar in Kansas city. And she said, do you like Scott Christopherson's podcast? As of course I love Scott Christopherson's podcast. I think it's, I think it's fantastic. We talked about the podcast for probably 10 minutes. And I was like, yeah, I, I'm the other guy on the podcast. And she was, I could tell she was either, she was super unimpressed with me and didn't want to tell me, Oh, well, I think you suck. Or she was embarrassed. I don't want to embarrass her, but I just think it's so funny that we had this whole conversation where it's like, because I am just the other guy on the Jeff Woody podcast and on the Scott Christopherson podcast. So I would say you have long had had your formal acknowledgement of your random things knowledge for quite some time, because you are the, you are football and random things. I'm just, I'm just here. You're a guy. You're a guy. I'm just, I think that, yeah, it's a good role. It's a good role. Yeah. And, uh, and now welcome to football and random things with, uh, Jeff Woody. I'm just whoever who doesn't matter. And, uh, today we're talking about, <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter who I am. It's just, all that matters is the other guy on the, on the other you side. You matter, Jared. You matter to me, Jared. I you appreciate matter. it. Thanks buddy. Um, all right. Defense. We talked about the offense on the first episode, uh, going to do defense now. I think the first big story for the Iowa state defense this season, uh, Anthony Johnson moving to safety. Obviously, he's been a, a stud for Iowa State at corner for four seasons now. 
uh, I think is the most underappreciated one of, I mean, he has to be top five, most underappreciated players in the big 12 has not earned a first or second team, all big 12 honor to this point in his career, which is disgusting in my mind uh, when you consider how good he's been uh, in his time at Iowa state, but now switching to the other side of the ball, a place that they, I think everybody feels like he will translate better to the NFL. What do you think that transition will be like for him? What do you think this first spring was like, was like for him moving from cornerback to safety? Well, I bet his eyes were just different. I mean, you're occupying a different portion of the field and at corner, a lot of times, and, and I didn't get to necessarily play defense. This is all a little bit more anecdotal. Um, I guess I didn't get to play in the secondary rather. And I would imagine when you are playing corner, you kind of always know that the sideline is right over there. So like in the back of your head, you know that there's only a limited amount of space that this person can operate. So I'm going to do, you know, unless you're playing man coverage and you're following a guy around, but if you're playing some type of zone coverage, they're not going to take a corner and put them in the middle of the field. Cause it just, there's no, it doesn't make sense why you'd spin that coverage that way. You want to put your corners outside. So knowing that the sideline is right there sort of eliminates a little bit of the, the, the stress of knowing where everything is. Well, when you're a safety, depending on which portion of the field you're in, you might still have that. Like if you're a cover three safety to the, to the boundary, you know, that like I got the sideline over here, but a lot of times you're going to have that middle third or that, that side third, or you might have a middle third, or you might have a half of the field, or you might have a, a hook curl zone. Cause you're playing underneath now, or you might be, you know, there's a bunch more stuff that you're going to be doing. So I think just the understanding of where he is in space and how much more room the offense then has to work with relative to him. Probably took a little bit. Once he's used to that, it's probably not a lot different because he is a longer guy. The best receivers that the other team has to play against had to go up against tight ends in different situations. So he's done most of what the, like he's done what most of the coverage that, another team would put him in. So it's probably just going to, again, just getting used to where he is in the field and what that feels like when you don't have the boundary right there for you. Okay. Well then that brings in another conversation of what, what does the cornerback spot look like now without Anthony Johnson? Because obviously that is, we haven't ever had to talk about two corner spots, you know, here over the last several years, there's only been the conversation. Well, Lots of conversation, I guess, of the other corner spot uh, <laughs> at numerous different points. Uh, but at the end of the day, like you always knew that 26 had that other side locked down. You didn't have to worry about that side. Now, both of those positions are in question. And there's a bunch of guys that I think you can feel comfortable about putting out there, whether it's TJ Tamper, or Tavon Kyle, who have both obviously played a lot for Iowa State. But then there's a handful of you know newer guys, too, I think that can be in that mix as well that make it an, inter an, an interesting position to follow with, you know, Miles Purchase, who kind of came on for Iowa State at the end of the season, had, had started to work their way into that, his way into that other spot. And then now Darian Porter, who had spent the last two years playing receiver, came into Iowa State as a, a receiver, uh, is a cornerback now. Like, I, I think that there's just – there's a, a couple guys there that you can mix in that – have really high end potential, but we just haven't seen them reach that potential yet. And like, I'm, I'm intrigued to see what that looks like. Yeah. Same. And there's, cause they're also like, if you, if you take, I mean, miles purchase is what, like five, 10, five, nine. And then you got take a guy like Darian Porter, who's like six, two, 
And so you have this huge range of body types that are going to end up being at corner, but all of them are just freakishly athletic. If you were to take those four guys that are potentially playing a corner and create a four by four with them, that is a, that is a formidable race because you have such super athletic guys. I mean, you've seen Tampa's dunking reel. You've seen Porter state championships. You've seen like these other guys are so athletic. They're not super experienced. And I think that probably is having Anthony Johnson still around and he's not going to be in the same, you know, meeting room with them all the time because the safeties and corners I think are separate at times, but like having him around to be able to go, Hey man, when you see this guy at this leverage and this split, he's probably going to want to get it inside of you. You need to make sure that your right hand goes right into his, you know, whatever. And just based on the experience that he's had with people, when you get into the season, then he's able to say, you know, because as a safety, you could talk about having more space. He's gonna be able to see everything. He's gonna be able to see both corners and on the sidelines, you know, something happens. Somebody gives up a big play or whatever. They go to the sideline. He walks over and he's like, Hey man, in this, you know, in, in dog three, you know, night Philly, you have to stay an inside half of this guy. And, and here's what I did last year when this was going on. And, you know, I need you to do this thing. So like having him back there, with the experience that he has at corner and then being able to understand what a safety is looking at, that's going to be a really good communication opportunity for those young guys. So there is going to be a little bit of a, you know, they're going to screw up a fair amount just because that's what happens to young players and inexperienced players. But there is going to be hopefully an ability to rapidly correct that with the coaching staff and the kind of the player led leader or player driven leadership. They always talk about starting with Anthony Johnson. Darian Porter is the one that I'm really excited to see on the field. Uh, oh, for sure. Same, 100%. His talent is just like – and his tools are tantalizing, I would say. I think even at receiver, I was interested to see him get out there on the field. You well, know, And physicality, like you watch him on special teams. Like, yeah, he, he likes was, to hit people. He wants to hit he people. Was, he was good on special teams. So, like, he's not just like one of those – like. Uh, one of the things that I think a lot of times receivers struggle with when they go to the other side of the ball is a lack of physicality and not because they, in the same way that we talked about in the last episode with the offense and Easton Dean, he's probably good at it now because he understands the difference in human being that doesn't want to move. I need to move that human being wide receivers are protected because you can't hit them during the route. And once they've get the ball, they're trying to avoid contact. Yes, they're trying to block, but they're not trying to like punk a dude. Like Lazard would try and punk a dude every once in a while, but like they're not trying, and Shaw still does. But most of the time you're trying to position block. So there's not a lot of physicality that plays at wide receiver most of the time. Whereas with corners, you are physical all the time. You have to be. So that physicality of trying to avoid contact wide receiver just by natural position, you're you're not trying to run into a corner. You're trying to uh, run around him to get open. So Porter, having played more special teams than he played wide receiver, has already come to understand the nature of getting in the way of like being physical with somebody, taking a cup, you know, taking a punch off the chest and being like, all right, cool. Let's, is that all you got? Let's get some more of it. So him switching to defense is probably going to be less of an issue with understanding physicality as it would be for somebody else because of how good he was on special teams and his natural disposition towards wanting to punk another human being. And he's just freakishly fast. So fast. So fast. Yeah. It's going to be, it'll be interesting too, because he's got recovery speed, you know, like that kind of like, Oh, dude got behind me. I'm going to walk him down before the ball gets there. That is one thing. But I think another thing is because he was a wide receiver, um, 
he's going to have ball skills. Like he's going to have a, a good understanding of where to go up and high point the ball, where, what to do. And I think that's probably why, I mean, they've, they've talked very highly about him so far, and this is his first spring playing defense. I, he's only going to continue to get better. So yeah, he's the one that I'm the most interested in because of his length, because of his athleticism and his just natural ability already shown on special teams. Do you think flipping him from one side of the ball to the other is, is them acknowledging, okay, we feel really good about where our receivers at. We think your tools can just be utilized in a better spot. Or is it like, okay, you're not going to crack the rotation here. So we just got to find a spot for you. Like, what do you think is the more likely scenario there? I'm guessing based on how highly they've talked about him, it might be like, Hey, you're competing with Xavier. The most field is behind Xavier Hutchinson. We still need to get you on the field. I don't know how the next best place that we can try and get you on the field is at corner. So we want to go play corner. Like I think that might be some of it. And just understanding that his tools are there, like put it together. I would guess that that's the case. For sure. Uh, yeah. I just think that that puzzle will be fun to watch them try and put together. And it's one that I don't envision being probably sorted out early in the year. It'll probably take a couple weeks, even into the season before it's like, okay, this is going to be their rotation at those defensive back spots. You know? Yeah. Well, I think the, the two, the, the three safeties are more or less, you know, who your top dogs are. Mm-hmm. Cause you got Johnson, Freiler and, and, uh, Craig excuse McDonald. me, and Craig McDonald. What, what position they're playing might flip a little bit. I don't know, but like, those are probably your three guys. Like Fryler's probably going to play that in more in the box safety, that I young role. Um, and then between McDonald and Johnson, where did they play? That might change. They might flip them. I don't know, but like the three guys that are going to be playing there. The majority the lion's share of the snaps is probably pretty set who, and <laughs> this is going to be like, you could scrape through the roster to try and find who it's going to be because there's always like by the halfway through the season, there's going to be your Gary Vaughn's that are like, this dude has played 40 snaps a game because they just rotate everybody in. There's going to be another set of safeties that play in and rotate and spell the top guys. I, we can't even pretend to know who those guys are, who are going to end up being the ones that end up spelling them. But with your corners, you have, it seems like you got four of them, which are probably going to take almost all the snaps as those four corners. Maybe one guy, another guy works his way in somehow. Um, but your, your secondary, it seems like it is the safeties are, you got them, your corners, you don't, but you have a big pool that you can pull you, from. You could got them, but you just don't know exactly how the puzzle is going to fit together. Right. Like you got the, you have the bodies, you have the guys that you know can do the job, you know, it's just, like, yeah, it's just, where do they go? Who becomes, you know, Anthony Johnson, when Daytron Young wasn't holding up his end of the end of you know end of the bargain, they would travel Anthony Johnson every once in a while if he was just getting toasted. Well, who's going to be that guy? And right. do you have that guy, or, or do you say, okay, well, um, you know, even like sp- uh, game plan specific, where let's say that there's a team, uh, I I don't know how the teams are going to shake out, but let's call it Baylor, and let's say Baylor. Um, they want to play down the field. And maybe that means that TJ Tampa and Darian Porter are going to be your two guys that play down the field more because that's the way they do it. And they don't want to be the whatever. Then let's say miles purchase and uh, Tavon Kyle are better run stoppers. And then you're playing a team like Kansas state who wants to run the ball and they, whatever, they might get more play more snaps because of what they can do relative to what the other guys can do. We're not going to know that we can't know that there again, just like we talked about with what the offense is going to look like in the last one, 
the coaching staff doesn't know what they're going to end up looking like because they don't, they haven't got enough reps live to make a true determination on what these guys are going to be good at. For sure. The linebacker situation will be interesting as well, because that's another one where you've had a bunch of guys who have played a ton of football for Iowa state. And you've got some guys coming back who obviously have been in the equation as well, but I mean, losing Mike Rose and losing Jake Hummel is significant. You know, those are two very experienced veteran guys who just were all over the place for Iowa state over the last several years. You know, you bring in Colby reader, you bring back uh, OV Orion Vance. And then, you know, you got Gary Vaughn that is expected to play there as well. I feel like they're deep at that position though, even though, but they're young, you know, like outside of those three guys, they have a young group with, uh, with those, those freshmen that they've just brought in and some uh-huh. of those other young guys. It's like, how do you mix them around? What can you do with that different, that group? Because I would be shocked if by the mid, you know, the quarter or midpoint of the season, if some of those younger guys aren't working themselves into the mix, you know? Yeah. And, and just like we talked about with the safeties, like you have a good idea of who your top three are. That's, I, I think that's relatively sad. I mean, assuming that everybody makes it through, whether it's healthy or that they don't get in trouble or they don't sound stupid, or maybe some guy like, you know, blows it out of the water, but you know, probably who you're going to, who the guys are going to take the lion's share of the reps are, but this, okay. Just like, uh, like Deshaun Davis and Gary Vaughn last year, and even like Kendall Jackson last year, like took enough snaps that you have to consider them as part of the game plan, knowing that there are going to be times when there are critical moments and those three guys aren't on the field because just the rotation, the way it works out. So they got a lot of young guys. So their rotation might be way deeper you know, just like in a basketball season, like in the and 11 dudes. And then by the start of the season, you might work it down to nine or start of the conference season, you work it down to nine. And then by the time you get to the tournament, you got seven, like it might end up being that where they just cast a really wide net when they're doing their rotations, just to see what the guys look like on the field. And then as you kind of see more of a sample size and more of a sample size, you start to winnow that down a little bit more. But I think, yeah, the safeties and linebackers seem relatively parallel in that your top guys are set. You're the guys behind that. You've got 61 different dudes that could play in the next group behind your starters. What's the progression, the next step in the progression for Orion Vance? I think he's got to be better in the open field. Um, because he's shown that he's athletic enough to do stuff, but he's, he's more of a true inside linebacker. So that's the thing that Mike did so well is that you get him in the open field, like, unless it's, you know, unless he dislocates his shoulder or whatever it was that he took with Jalen Warren, like he's going to get the guy in the ground in the open field. And you could count on that, even though he's six, four, So a guy like Orion Vance, who's built similarly, probably six, three, two Can that guy operate in the open field? Like Mike Rose could, or on the other side of it, is he going to be a guy like a Gerard Mayo type where it is just a straight up punisher in the box? Like if that's the case, and he's going to be a dude that like, I remember watching tape on, um, yeah, I think it was, you know, it was, it was uh, Witherspoon, Sean Witherspoon from Missouri back when we were playing there. And he put his shoulder in the, uh, the chest of a guard and knocked the guard over like an offensive lineman, a 300 plus pound offensive lineman. He put his shoulder in that dude's chest. You think that a guy that's that big is going to want to come to the party anymore when your middle linebacker is, is absolutely just pummeling people. No, no. So if Orion Vance, maybe he doesn't become like the, you know, doesn't play the outside position like Mike Rose, but, but if he can be 
that's like, again, punking people in the box, then I think that would be an attention that a 6'3", 255-pound linebacker should get at the next level. All right. And then oh, defend- and stay healthy. Yeah, stay healthy is another of the keys. Uh, the defensive line is interesting, too, because we know what you're getting with Will. I think you can feel pretty comfortable in what you're getting with Isaiah Lee and J.R. Singleton at the uh, at the tackle, the nose tackle spot. That other defensive end position feels like a complete wild card at this point. Like, I don't mm-hmm. think we have any idea how that's going to shake out. I mean, I know, you know, we've heard good things about Joey Peterson, who played a lot for special teams last year. He's about like his brother Zach was, where, you know, Zach got in on special teams and they couldn't take him out. They, they couldn't redshirt him because it was like, we can't not have this guy on the field. Mm-hmm. Joey Pearson was the exact same way. He was on all the special teams and they probably had an intention to redshirt him. And then they figured out we can't not have this guy out there. So I think you can probably expect to see him in the mix, but then there's a guy like Blake Pearson who has had to work his way up and is now a redshirt junior has not really had a ton of opportunity to get on the field, but like when he has been out there, I feel like he's been okay. He had a sack last season. Uh, you know, what is someone like Johnny Wilson, who's now a redshirt sophomore in the program? Like, can he fix uh, fit his way in there? Jaden Gray is a redshirt freshman. Can he slide his way in there? So it's like, there's a handful of guys that you could see and you know that have the potential to play that position, but we just haven't seen any of them. It turns out when you have to play between behind Jaquan Bailey and any Wazirike for two years, it's really hard. And Zach Peterson is really hard to carve out playing time. Oh, and Will McDonald. Oh, and uh, Will McDonald. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe the, who you, who you maybe might the not be able to take off the field. Like, who might be the, I haven't looked at, you know, obviously the draft is in a couple of weeks, but um, I, I would imagine they're going to do like their, their way too early mock drafts. I would be absolutely shocked if Will McDonald is not in the first round or the way too early NFL draft for next year, like the, the 2023 NFL draft. I would be shocked because his tool, his skill set is just, so damn good. Um, so yeah, we, with that guy's there and you, you mentioned Lee and Singleton being the, the nose tackles that can both create pressure. They're both pretty good at pass rushing. Um, I think the, from last year to this next upcoming season, the guy they're going to miss the most is actually any Wazirike. like, because he was so flexible in what he could do, he could be your down lineman in the middle. You could be, he could be your your nose guard. He could be that rush side defender, that, uh, that bigger defensive end position, but he could also play that pass rush position. If you really needed him to, and you needed him, you know, you, he would, you would watch every once in a while, he and will would like have a conversation and just switch sides because they like the matchup better or whatever. And because of that flexibility, he could play all three of the positions and not just play them, be dominant at all three positions. He was really good. And he's a guy that I think has risen. Awazrika uh, has risen a lot as people have met with him, talked with him, watched his film, I wouldn't be surprised if he's, you know, I'm not, I don't, I haven't done any mock drafts. I don't really care. Uh, but like, if he's like a mid third round pick, I wouldn't go, wow, that seems high. You know, it would, it seems like he is that value. So replacing that guy is going to be a big, big hole to fill. So yeah, a guy like Blake Peterson might be the guy that, that ends up filling that role, but because of how flexible any was, it's going to be really hard to replace what he provided on the offensive line. I think 
it would be interesting because Isaiah Lee has a similar skill set to any. He's not quite as long and as, as tall as he was, as any was, but he's a really good pass rusher. He's really good with his hands. So they might have that big pass rusher lineup that they would trot out like they had done before with uh, it was back when Jaquan was there when they would have Jaquan and Will and any out there at the same time, because then you have three good pass rushers, but also guys that can stop the run. If, if necessary, you might have a guy like Isaiah Lee being able to play sort of that any Wazirike combo defensive lineman position with Singleton being your, your stopper in the middle. And then obviously Will McDonald on one side. So yeah, that the defensive line, especially that other defensive end position, who the hell knows? One other name that I will throw out there for people. So I talked to somebody in the program that told me some really good things about this kid. I don't know if he'll get on the field right away. Dominique Orange, the fret, the true freshman that came in. It sounds like he is a he's an interesting player. Someone that I think that they're really intrigued to see how he continues to develop. I mean, he he came in at 6'4, 320, but it sounds like he's really twitchy for 6'4, 320. Someone that can be a matchup problem in the middle in, in the future. I don't, like I said, I don't know if he'll, how much he'll get on the field this year. That's a, a crowded position, but it sounds like he's the kind of kid who could work his way into the mix. Uh, and and it, that's yeah. And as a freshman, one of the things that like the easy things to understand are, Hey, go get the quarterback pal. Like that's an easy thing to understand, but they with like to be able to understand and play like, you know, J.R. Singleton does, you got to understand where blocking is coming from when you do meet pressure, what the fronts look like, identifying stances and see how heavy and weighted and stuff like that, that, that stuff is going to come in time, but there might be situations where maybe it's the orange kid. That's, Hey, it's third and 17. They're going to throw the ball. And even if they run a draw, Gary Vaughn's going to run it down. We, we are good. And just, Hey, go get the quarterback, Like get some experience, go get the quarterback. Like that might be a position that he occupies just doing that just because he is again, a very twitchy, big dude. Yeah. That, that's the thing I think is, is fun for them with this defense is just, they have a bunch of guys that they've recruited well, that are like well enough at a bunch of spots where it's like, man, I just, I'd like to see this guy on the field, but you know, if not, you feel good about what he is for the future. Like well, think how many guys there's been where it's just like, man, there's just been so many good players that have been at some of these spots. It's like, we can't even see that guy because you know, there's too many good guys in front of him. Who was a kid from Kansas city? The one that had the, uh, the electric highlight tape, Howard Brown, the quarter, the quarterback slash defensive tackle. Yeah. 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 We got to get him in the mix. I'm he, a, I would love to see him. On. Yeah. I want to see, I want to see the Joel dozer with Howard Brown. We need the Howard cat. I don't know what the – I'm not sure what the, the best – I can't think of a good – I don't know. The Howitzer? What, what, like, yeah, like, what's the package name if you put him at quarterback? I don't – I, I was – there's a bunch of poop jokes you can make with Brown, but yeah. I don't think that's necessarily the direction they'd be going with. I don't know. I don't think that's the way that we would want to go with it. No, it – we're going to have to think about this. We will come up with a name. Uh, for it, because I guarantee at some point in his career, it's going to come into play where we're going to need a name for it. And we're going to, we will have it yeah. three years before it's necessary, but damn it, we're going to have it. And we're going to demand it every week. When are we going to see it? When are we going to see it? Uh, that's a question. That's going to be my first question to Matt Campbell when fall camp starts. Coach, I'm sure you had a great summer. 
all these things. I know you got a new quarterback, all this stuff. I want to know about Howard Brown. Has he played quarterback yet? Do you have a package for Howard Brown? You've, uh, you've had a lot of time to think about it. Now you've had a whole season with him in, uh, you've had him see him. You've seen him and his athleticism. Uh, why haven't we seen it yet? If he's not playing scout team quarterback, then it's a serious miss. It's a serious missed <laughs> opportunity. It, no, he needs to play scout team quarterback when they've got to face Colin Klein's offense. And like, oh. you've got, and you've got him running at quarterback. Just this. Oh, it's or shoot. That's not too far off from Baylor. When you got a 240 pound quarterback or whatever it was, Bohan, like Gary Bohannon, when he was down there, like it's not that different. Put him there. Hey, he's Gary Bohannon. Yeah. That'd be crazy. All right. Any more thoughts on the defense before we sign off? The only thing is uh, I think they're probably based on the personnel. They're probably not going to tweak like the overall setup much, but I would just be interested, you know, do they, is there any fun wrinkles that they put in based on personnel? I think the defense is like less likely to turn over a lot, like scheme wise as the offense, like the offense is going to be pretty different from what we saw in years past. I bet the defense is pretty similar, but I would be interested if they just have any of those. Do they have a four down look that they want to go to because they got Singleton and Isaiah Lee? Maybe they do. Maybe they don't. I don't know, but it would just be interesting if they did have some of those, excuse me, some of those wrinkles to put in that. I don't know. I think the defense is less of a, you know what you're going to get. You just don't know who's going to be doing it where the offense is much more. You're not really sure what you're going to get. So I think that's the, the, the more interesting side of the ball, but it's still, we got a, a lot of time and a lot of stuff to figure out. Absolutely. Uh, I will say too, again, I'm got, I've got one more episode of these with Jay Jordan coming. It's going to be more, I don't know. I say it'll be overarching, but every single time I say it'll be overarching, we end up talking about like the most minute details that we possibly can about the team. So uh, it will surely be very informative. Uh, and we're going to talk about some other big 12 schools as well. So you guys can look forward to that here a little bit later on in the week, Jeff, uh, we will talk to you again soon. Uh, I'm not sure when, but you and I have discussed some possibilities for uh, the off season and we'll uh, have to make them happen. Yeah. I I'm excited to continue doing stuff because uh, I was in my head. I was like, once the masters is over, you sort of have this, this big sports dead period of early season baseball, which is fine. If you're in a pinch, have you picked a USFL team yet? That's what I'll ask you. Uh, I haven't. And I won't. You're uh, welcome to join me on the Michigan Panthers bandwagon. We're going to, we're going to go all in on Jeff Fisher. Oh, who's quarterback. Do you know? Uh, yes. It's uh Shea Patterson. Oh, that'll be interesting. He was number one pick in the draft. Wow. Okay. Uh, still probably won't care. Um, but I was thinking like, Oh, the world cup is this year. And I was thinking, cause in, in years past, it's been in the summer, but it's in Qatar which would be 119 degrees in, in July. So the world cup's not till November. So I was thinking yeah. US you have this United States versus England on black Friday, just this interesting, uh, but a long ways away. It is a very long ways away. It's also black Friday. Uh, I was actually talking to someone who is not from the United States uh, recently. She was from Arge Argentina. She was telling me how excited people in Argentina get for the World Cup and asked if I was going to tune in for the U.S.'s games in the World Cup. I said, well, I know the only game I know is on Black Friday, uh, the United States and England. I can promise you I will not be caring about soccer on Black Friday. <laughs> 
I, I feel confident in saying that one. To which she asked, what is Black Friday? Why do you care? And really? That's, I'm and, sure those are the, the natural responses. And then I'll also say it has nothing to do with Black Friday. It's because college football is going on on that time. And that's all I care about during golf football season is college football. And you cannot encroach on that. Hey, Except for college basketball, maybe. Yeah, maybe college basketball. All right, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, everybody, right. for listening. Peace.